Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. I'm your host, Thomas. Thank you for tuning in. It's just a week till Christmas, so I hope you're all feeling well-rested ahead of the festivities, if it's something you celebrate. I just wanted to let you know that despite it being Christmas Day next Monday, we'll still be releasing our usual Monday night episode for all of you to enjoy this time next week which means at the end of the festivities that December 25th brings, you can still settle down and get some well-deserved rest with a new Get Sleepy episode. And it's a special one that's just right for the occasion. Tonight's story will be read by Jessica and was written by Frankie. We'll journey to the Boyne Valley in County Meath, Ireland, It's a special night at the ancient site of Newgrange, and an ancient tradition is enacted once again. But first, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, and I'd like to thank them for their support. This time of year tends to bring a lot of added pressure on our shoulders, and that can in part be due to the expectations of gift-giving. But whether or not your family gives gifts during the holiday season, you get to define how you give to yourself. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love over the coming weeks. Therapy can be life-changing, gradually helping you to understand yourself better and to unlock coping mechanisms for dealing with challenging feelings, emotions, or events. It has always done that for me. BetterHelp is a great place to start. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com com slash get sleepy to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash get sleepy. So now, before we join Jessica for our story, let's take a moment to settle down and unwind. The day is done. It's time to rest. And that's exactly what you're doing right now. So enjoy it. And whilst you settle into bed, allow a sense of gratitude to wash over you. Gratitude simply for the opportunity to be you and for your wonderful body that guides you through life every single day. Be thankful for your legs 
that took you wherever you needed to go today. Your neck and shoulders that kept your head held high. Your arms and hands that helped you accomplish things. And be thankful for your eyes, nose, ears, mouth, and your skin. They all allowed you to experience the wonderful senses of life. Many of life's moments may feel mundane and insignificant, but every moment of every day, our bodies and our conscience experience the vibrancy of life. Every tap of a keyboard, every breath of fresh air, every tweet of a bird in the trees, every sip of a warm drink. These moments can go by without much notice, but they all matter, and they are all deserving of our gratitude. I hope that resonates with you as you lie comfortably in bed tonight, grateful for this personal haven you have, and the rest that you can enjoy here. It's time to move to a crisp winter evening in the never-ending green of Ireland. Feel the invigorating breeze draw you to a little valley and the banks of the River Boyne. Sunset blazes like someone spilled their watercolors across the blank canvas of the midwinter sky. Oranges, pinks, purples, and blues bleed seamlessly into one another and across each wispy cloud. To the east, the midnight purple of nightfall is becoming visible. A few brave, strong stars push through the dying light of the sun. The moon hangs proudly in the sky, an otherworldly waxing crescent. Just as the last rays of the sun are being swallowed by the green horizon, something opens its eyes. A fairy, a mischievous spirit of the natural world, the likes of which has rarely been seen in the decades since the Industrial Revolution. A spirit of the earth and air, 
The little being stretches and scratches its tiny human-like body. It attempts to shake the months of hibernation from itself. It grumbles in mild annoyance at the cold. This is a being of the sun, used to the joyfully warm days and nights of midsummer, when the sun only leaves the world for a few short hours before returning. It wakes in the bowels of a mound, a 5,000-year-old monument to its kind, left over from the ancient inhabitants of the Emerald Isle. The thing that finally rouses it from its grogginess is the smell of something sweet floating through the air. The fairy slips out of its den and into the frosty air. The hills, fields, and valley around the mound are still as lush a green as they were in midsummer. The Boyne Valley stretches on beyond what the little eyes can see. It cradles the Boyne River. The river, in turn, flows smoothly across the land, depositing minerals and making this valley one of the most fertile on the island, as it has been for millennia. The fading light of the sun below the horizon paints the green landscape a dark emerald. Not bothered by the lack of light, the little fairy immediately spots an offering laid outside its mound. A little china plate is piled high with gingerbread cookies. The fairy rushes over and messily stuffs a whole one in its mouth. The explosion of spicy ginger, comforting cinnamon, and earthy nutmeg does wonders to warm the little being on the cold winter night. Gingerbread cookies are traditionally made in the winter due to their taste which harkens back to the warm rays of the sun. The locals in the area make their cookies with molasses, giving them a darkly sweet depth. There is nothing that fairies like more than sweets, and this offering will be sure to encourage the fairy to bring the villagers luck this year. The fairy gorges on the cookies, enjoying every sweet and spicy mouthful until the china plate is empty. Even the crumbs are greedily devoured. The fairy licks its chops in a satisfied manner. Out of the corner of its eye, it catches sight of a spot of light. Fairies of all kinds love lights. A large Scots pine towers at the border between fields. 
the villagers have decorated it with twinkling lights. They dance in all the colours of the rainbow, enticing the fairy to scurry up the tree and take another look. Fairies never have been, and never will be, creatures of restraint, and so it races to the tree and up the branches in glee. The evergreen boughs of the tree represent the never-dying spirit of the moon. She always changes, but never truly dies. The lights in the tree are like the sun, which diminishes and grows with the cycle of every year. These powerful mystical meanings are lost on the fairy who merely laughs and sings to itself by the light of the trees. A low, lively drum thrums through the night air. The fairy stops its singing and listens. From its perch in the pine tree, it can see down the valley and across the river. It sees the faraway lights of the village and knows they will remain lit all night long to guide the sun back. It is the longest night of the year, and they all must do their part to ensure the warmth returns again. The drumming isn't coming from the village, however. The fairy swivels its head and angles its pointed ears down the river, The drums are coming from Newgrange. Newgrange is also an ancient mound built thousands of years ago. Unlike the knee-high one that houses the ferry, Newgrange is 40 feet high and 280 feet wide at its widest point. It is a circular structure with white quartz and cobblestone walls. The domed top is covered in grass, inciting the hungry gaze of many a sheep over the years. Around the small passageway into the mound lie twelve large curbstones. They are carved with an array of ancient Celtic symbols. Celtic knots, triple spirals, and abstract patterns are etched deeply into each stone, no two being exactly alike. Older even than the pyramids, this structure and its standing stones remain a mystery to many. But the fairy knows what they are. It was there when the Neolithic humans built Newgrange. It was there at each following Yule to watch them celebrate and add its own magic to the ceremony. It witnessed the slow decline of the rituals, the changing of society, and the rise of the new human world that looks at this structure with puzzlement. 
The local villagers keep up practices though they do not know their origins. And still, the fairy and its kind come to Newgrange from their hibernation to bring back the sun on the longest night of the year. The fairy skips and glides across the misty fields towards Newgrange. The purple mists come off the river and caress the sides of the valley, depositing moisture for the morning dew. The fairy cackles to itself as it darts through the effervescence, leaving nothing but spirals of curling fog in its wake. The drums grow louder as it nears the ancient site. It speeds up, excited to rejoin its kind and partake in the night of ritual and magic ahead. The mound comes into view. The white quartz of the walls shines under the light of the moon. A light breeze blows through the grass. The shadows on the curbstones highlight their carved designs. The fairy approaches the entrance to the mound. A large curbstone sits in front, forcing any entrant to climb over the barrier. On top of the stone, is an oak log decorated with branches of holly and mistletoe. The fairy snorts in derision at the sight of the mistletoe. The fairy has lived on this island since it rose from the sea before time began, and it knows every species of flora and fauna native to the land. Mistletoe was brought over years earlier by the inhabitants of the neighbouring island. Britain, the fairy thinks it's called. The mischievous fairy plucks the mistletoe from the log and tosses it haphazardly over one shoulder. In addition to the greenery, the Yule log is also decorated with three candles. One is black, one is white, and one is red. Oak trees are deciduous and lose their leaves with the changing of the seasons. It follows the same pattern as the sun and represents the constantly changing year. The three candles represent the three stages of the moon and its never-ending presence. The candles will stay lit all night long as this little shrine to the forces of nature awaits the dawn. Appeased with the presence of the Yule Log, the fairy hops over the curbstone and heads toward the entrance of the mound. It is a small entrance barely enough room for a man to walk down, with a small rectangular window above it. The drumming is louder here, 
coming from inside the mound. The fairy can hear the sounds of pan flutes and singing voices. Inside the entry passage, the rock walls are adorned with centuries of names. From the time humans rediscovered the site 200 years ago, each year a few more names appear on the walls. It is like a yearbook of modern history. The fairy ignores the scratchings and makes its way comfortably down the passage that would be a squeeze for a human. The walkway reveals that the inside of the structure is made from alternating layers of rock and earth. The passage stretches 60 feet from the entrance to the heart of the structure. The fairy skips along the rock floor, singing along to the fae songs drifting towards it. The drum beats a rhythm fast and lively. The flutes release an otherworldly yet cheerful melody. One can hear the roots of modern Irish folk music in the songs of the fairies. They both produce a winding and wandering sound that brings the heart and feet on an adventure to somewhere unknown. The Fae voices sing in their own language. It is a language older than the roots of the mountains and the memories of the trees. They sing of the constant wheel of the seasons. Time as humans measure it means nothing to them. They sing only of the deep sleep of winter the invigorating energy of spring, the nurturing warmth of summer, and the mystic changes of autumn. The fairy arrives in the main chamber of the mound to a joyful cheer from its companions. The music doesn't even skip a beat as the little fairy is greeted by its friends and family. It shatters and plays with the others in turn. A warm fire crackles merrily in the center of the chamber. The smoke and playful sparks drift up to the domed roof of interstacking stones. This design is weatherproof, even after over 5,000 years. The fairies are located around the fire and in the three smaller chambers off of the main entrance. Over each of the smaller chambers is a wreath made from evergreen pine boughs and holly. Their circular structure reflects the wheel of the year. Without a doubt, Fairies are the most lively and party-loving of all the mystical and magical creatures in the world. Their celebrations of Yule are lively and warm, 
bringing cheer to one another in the depths of winter. They feed the fire with only oak boughs and sing songs to entice the sun to return after the longest night. They sing a powerful and ancient spell in their joyful voices. May the log burn, may the wheel turn, may evil be spurned, may the sun return. The warmth of the fire fills the chambers to the brim. Shadows of happy fairies flicker along the walls of each chamber, reflecting the good spirits they bring into the new day quickly approaching. Sweet treats left at the smaller mounds in the surrounding fields are passed around the group. Each treat is more delicious than the last. As the hours creep by in a haze of jolly voices and high spirits, the fairies feel the key moment approaching. They let their songs dwindle out and become replaced with storytelling. In the long hours of the longest night, it is a great tradition to tell stories around the fire. They take turns, each storyteller bringing their favorite tale and their unique style of telling it. They begin with the forming of the world, how from nothing but chaos and darkness, there came to be a place of perfect balance and energy. They recount the formation of the mountains, the filling of the seas, the coming together and breaking apart of continents. They focus their stories on their own beloved island. They tell one another of the vast and varied greenness that covered the island. They speak over one another to list out a great many wonderful plants that evolved here. They move on to the animals, each with their own place in the order of the island. They turn their attention to humans, the silly things. They remember when mankind was just a child still learning how to make fire and boats and wheels. Then humans started organizing themselves, making neat little rows of plants to eat and neat little squares for their cows to graze and neat little houses to stay out of the rain. They tell stories of human heroes and great deeds. No small amount of extrapolation and exaggeration go into these stories. The fairies give over to mirth in remembering the humans and their ways. How they have enjoyed watching them grow up. Through all the changes of the world, the fairies have been there. 
they have observed all the changes and mischievous onlookers. They revere the sun and the moon as their companions, watching the world turn. They have done their duty, they have kept the fire going, they have called the sun back, and they have warmed each other with good food and good stories. Dawn approaches silently, and the fairies quiet themselves in anticipation. Their fire burns low now, but still strong and hot. They turn their attention back down the passageway. With collective bated breath, they watch. A thin slice of light creeps down the passageway. Slow and dim at first, it picks up intensity and speed as the seconds creep by. It is the first white rays of the sun returning. The sun shines through the tiny window above the entry and illuminates the passageway. The light is white and crisp, bringing new hope and energy with it. Winter shall not last forever, and this light filtering through the passageway tells the fairies that the sun has returned. Every night after this one shall get shorter, and the days will get longer as the sun gains in strength. Their ritual of laughter and light has guaranteed the wheel will turn for another year. The light only lasts a little more than 15 minutes. The fairies stand in uncharacteristic silence and stillness for the entire time. They watch the light crawl up the passage and illuminate the chamber. Their little faces smile as the new sun touches them. They watch as it fades back down the passageway. Only once a year, at dawn after the longest night of the year, does the light come through and illuminate the inside of the mound. The fairies put out their fire and follow the light out into the world. The moisture in the air reflects the rays of the sun, so each one looks solid enough to grab and wrap around oneself. Gold and white light touches everything around them, illuminating the lush greens of their island. A robin, the bird of the autumn and winter, lets out one final chirping song from an unseen branch. As its song comes to an end, the wren takes over. It's singing the sign of spring and summer approaching. The fairies add their voices to the song 
They sing of the robin and the wren, the birds that love one another, and yet must share the year between them. They meet only at the dawn of Yule and the dusk of midsummer. A passing human might hear this song, and hear only the twittering melody of birds they cannot identify. They sing their last notes, and the fairies break their meeting to continue their slumber. With heavy eyes and wide yawns, they trundle over the low hills to their mounds and secret burrows. Our fairy lets its feet guide it home, noticing only the lovely way in which the golden sun brings warmth to the dewy winter morning. The river is still burbling and flowing as the fairy nears its mound. It takes another look at the sun before turning in. The sun is crawling higher, its rays finally touching the River Boyne at the base of the valley. The sun ripples on the surface of the river like a thousand diamonds. The trees and bushes on the banks lean ever so slightly toward the sun. Their bare branches reach for a little bit more of the sun's magic to get them through the last of winter. With a sleepy smile, the fairy returns to its small mound. It finds its home a warm respite from the bright chill of the winter morning. It curls up comfortably and enjoys the feeling of warmth creeping over its small body. With each passing second, its swirling thoughts calm to the peaceful silence of sleep. Summer will come again and it will wake in time for the playful song of birds the bright colours of new blooms, and the fresh scent of spring breeze. But, for now, the wren sings a sweet song, and the fairy goes back to sleep.